بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to another edition of the program الفكر على المذاهب الأربعة that is jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought My name is Muhammad Musa Bera and with me in the Johannesburg studios Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah Mufti Sab. Wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah for the past few weeks we've been discussing issues of nikah and alhamdulillah we're carrying on with the same issue. Today inshallah we will be discussing how to solve problems between spouses. Mufti Sab we start with the first question and the first question reads how do we solve problems when it comes to anger? Usually anger comes always from the husband's side. We'd like some of your advice Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihi alkarim amma ba'd all praise is due to almighty Allah the sustainer nourisher and cherisher of this universe peace blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam first and foremost we need to understand in the best of couples there would be misunderstanding and sometimes there would be problems as well nabi alayhi salatu salam and our honorable mothers sometimes there also there was misunderstanding sayyida aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha and the other wives there was that human element as well so we need to understand that here we are speaking of ordinary mortals like us and definitely sometimes there could be mood swings for us there could be misunderstandings the next issue is that we also must understand that when we speak of anger so the person sometimes is justified to be angry if it is a sharia issue or it is something that violating the deen of almighty allah and a person does not get angry and does not lose his temper then there's something wrong with that person but normally what happens is that anger is a sign of this person's pride so we need to look at things in its proper sequence we have a couple a and b for example and now one day the wife did something or the child did something and the husband just lost his cool and went on a short fuse so when a person loses his temper there are certain things we need to do in islam number 1 this temper and losing our cool comes from the shaitan normally because shaitan is created from fire and that fire comes into us now we say he has a fiery temper So then we need to break wudu and perform ablution. Number one, uh, Nabi Alayhi Salatu Salam told us. Number two, we read A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. That we seek Almighty Allah's protection from the Satan, the accursed. Third one, the posture, position in which we are, we change that posture. If we are standing, sitting down. If you are sitting down, lie down. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala no one day came to the house. He and Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. These are one of the best of couples. So they also had an argument. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala no taught us a great lesson. To let his anger subside, he left the home and went to the masjid. Nabi alayhi salatu salam came after some time and said, Where's Ali? They say, she said, as Fatima radiallahu anha said that he is in a masjid. Now look at the father-in-law how a potentially explosive situation he went and said qum qum ya abturab oh oh father of saints stand up stand up some specks of dust were on his clothing and body 
Nabi alayhi salam said, Kum ya abaturab, stand up, O father of the saint. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu loved that agnomen and that kunya because it was designated to him by the master, Nabi alayhi salam himself. So the lessons we learn is that in anger, our decisions become clouded and we are not speaking what we are supposed to speak. And normally people today, in that anger, sometimes they utter such words that their whole family structure is broken. So what we need to do, Quran teaches us, We need to subdue and control that anger of ours and forgive people. And then, And do good for them. So that is the role of the husband or the wife. That whoever loses their anger, do the pre- carry out the prescription that I mentioned just now. Second one is that what the Quran says, we need to control it and then forgive the person as well. We cannot just go on and on about it. And the third one is to do something good for that person. So in that way there, although you are the aggrieved party for that moment, but now you would win the heart of that person. And this is what marital life is all about. Not just to win over the person, but to win over the heart of the person. And these small things in marital life makes a big difference. Jazakallah Mufti Sahib. We have many queries regarding issues with regards to money. And money seems to be a constant issue in many a marriage. How do we go about solving these problems between couples? First and foremost, we should always ask ourselves, when the proposal came, then did we give our daughter to that person there, our future son-in-law, because of money? If that is the case, then we must remember that in most instances we will find that there are huge problems because the intention itself was polluted and tainted. Be that as it may, so now we have a couple who are married and now there are problems with money. What are the problems? Either the wife is demanding more, either the wife is extravagant and she's spending too much. So Islam teaches us in every aspect of life there must be moderation. Therefore, the Quran says, لِيُنْفِكْ ذُو سَعَتِمْ مِنْ سَعَتِ Every person should spend according to his means. So the husband should not try and keep up with the Jones. This is where we go wrong. We live in a capitalistic society where you will find that when you enter the chain stores or some big shop, then the deposit price is written so big and the retail price is written small. These are the mind games they play with us. And then we are indebted for the next 10 years or 5 years or 20 years. And these are issues that we need to understand how they play the mind game and get the better of us psychologically. So as a husband and wife, now you want to purchase something. This is where some husbands go wrong. They just continue as dictators and they want to just take unilateral decisions. So that is wrong also. What a shower in marital life, there should be mutual consultation. You want to buy a car, discuss it with your wife. And you want to buy a fridge, a stove or whatever, sewing machine, then also discuss it with the wife. So in that way, we will find that the marital home and that marriage will be enhanced as well. So the, the key to success regarding money would be moderation from both parties. Now the husband should not be such a miser also. خيركم خيركم لأهليكم. The best of you are the best of you to your wives and to your children. 
So this is very, very un- uh, unacceptable, really, that we find sometimes the husbands are so hard with their money, but when it comes to a madrasa or a darulum or a masjid, now they want to just give. Remember, to spend day is mustahab, it is okay, advisable, it's not something compulsory. But to spend on your wife, on your children, that's compulsory upon you. You're not doing anybody a favor. And we'll be questioned about that because these are hukukul ibad, the rights of human beings. Therefore, the whole world can say we are good. But if our wife and children say we are bad, by Allah, we are bad. And the whole world can say we are bad. But if our wives and children say we are good, inshallah, by Allah, we are good. So that is the barometer we need to use at all times. By the same token, the wife should not be over-demanding. Every week she wants a new dress and every month because she's attending a new wedding and some so new pairs of shoes or she must have everything matching the bag and shoes and outfit. So it works both ways. That it must not be that you are over-demanding on your husband. Everybody should live within their means and try and stay away from debt as much as possible. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika minal kufri with deen. Oh Allah, I seek their protection. Nabi alayhi salam made dua from disbelief, kufr and debt. The sahabas were there said, Ya Rasulullah, so wait al kufra bi deen, or with deen bil kufr, that you equated the two, debt and kufr. Qala na'ambi said, yes, the hadith is in Sunan Nasai. It shows that how Islam allows a person to go into debt, but it is frowned upon when it is done unnecessarily. Jazakallah Mufti Sab. If you just joined us, the program is called Al-Fiqh Al-Madhahib Al-Arba'ah, that is jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought. And today we're discussing an issue, how to solve problems between spouses. Mufti Sab, we know that the extended family seems to be an issue all the time. What about the role of the extended family when it comes to solving our problems between spouses? What normally happens is that a person gets married and maybe he even tells his wife, you know, when the, they just got fixed up that they are going to get married next week or next month or whenever, that I have a mother and I have to look after her and maybe he's the only son or there are other sons but the other sons are very far away and she does not really get on with them or with the daughter-in-laws. So this son here says it is okay, I am going to do that. They make the khidma of my mother. So here we have the potential conflict between a daughter-in-law and mother-in-law. It is not necessary to have that conflict, but there are certain lessons each party must know. Number one is today every person or the vast majority of us, we demand that our rights must be fulfilled. But if we just turn the coin around and ask, are we fulfilling our duties? So today, that is a huge problem, that we want our rights to be fulfilled, but sometimes we do not even fulfill our own duties and obligations. So if every person, the husband takes the mantle of leadership, and the mother knows where she must stop and not encroach on that marriage, and the daughter-in-law also is not making stories against the mother-in-law to poison the husband's mind, so these are issues how we love and let live. Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, Inna Allah a'ata kulladhi haqqin haqqa. This was mentioned in front of 124,000 sahabas in the Hajjatul Wida, the farewell Hajj. Verily, Almighty Allah has given every person who is eligible to a certain right, Allah has given them the right. So the, mother, the daughter-in-law, our advice to her will be that we know the mother-in-law can never be your biological mother. But try and treat her like your mother. 
So that would be half the battle, three quarter the battle won. That sometimes you buy a present for her. Sometimes without her even asking and requesting, you cook her favorite dish. So again, you win her heart. You the mother-in-law. Today, this is a very, very common thing. For our own daughters, we have a separate set of rules. And for our daughter-in-laws, we have a separate set of rules. So you, the mother-in-law, you know that this daughter-in-law, maybe you cannot love her so much like your own daughter, but at least have the same type of rules. That what you tell your daughter, you tell your daughter-in-law, and treat her in that same way. So once there is that mutual love, there is that mutual respect and tolerance, then we will find that that marriage also will be enhanced. And then the son, the husband, will not be torn between two people who are so important in his life, one side the mother, one side his wife, and no one should try and poison the mind of that young boy or that person there. Because that is where all the problems start. The wife wants to pull him to her side and poison his mind against the mother. The mother sometimes wants to pull her, the son towards her side and poison this boy's mind against the wife. So all that should not happen. So what we need to do is that we need to love and let love and exercise patience. And Quran teaches us, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ Seek divine aid and assistance through patience and through salat. Jazakallah Mufti Sab, still on the subject of solving problems between spouses, Mufti Sab, we've received a few emails regarding excessive talking. How do we solve this problem, maybe from the husband's side or the wife's side, excessive talking? Normally, talking will be from the wife's side. We're taking what we speak of case studies. If we take 100 cases, we'll find 70% or 60% of the time that the excessive talking is from the wife because they like to talk, talk, talk. On a lighter side, I always give this in my nikah talks. I tell the husbands who's the intelligent husband and who's the unintelligent husband. The unintelligent husband would tell his wife, just shut up, you're talking too much. And the intelligent husband would tell his wife, oh my darling, my sweetheart, you look so beautiful with your mouth closed. So in that way, there he gets the message across without breaking her heart. Now be that as it may, what we need to address is, there are several issues. First of all, Quran teaches us, Ya yulladina amanu taqullah. Fear Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla. Waqulu qawlan sadida. And let your speech be correct. Meaning, no lies. So that's the first issue we need to resolve. Husband and wife need to be honest. They need to trust one another. Then we will have a recipe for a blissful marriage. Number two. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, so many ahadith about the tongue. Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir. Fal yakul khayran awli yasmut. Whosoever believes in Almighty Allah azza wa jalla and the last day, the day of Qiyamah, speak, then speak good or otherwise keep quiet. Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah had it engraved on his ring to remind him, Jirmuhu sagirun wa jurmuhu kabir. The size of the tongue is very small, but the crime it commits is very big. A person tells you something after 5, 10, 20 years, when you see that person eye to eye, we meet, that same thing he said, you will recall and remember it. If a person stabs us, Allah forbid, or he injures us, that would heal. But what we say with the tongue takes a very, very long time to heal. So what we need to do, especially in a marital situation, the wife also 
try and keep your tongue under control. Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu the greatest of people after the Anbiya wal Mursaleen, the prophets and messengers, peace be upon them. Many a time used to pull his tongue and used to say that you have put me into problems. Now we are ordinary mortals, so that we should always make muhasaba, evaluate our performance, our actions. Where is our marriage going? So it's not only hisab of our business, even our marriage. We need to make muhasaba and evaluate it. And many a time soft words are spoken, then to take it back is not difficult. But when a hard and harsh words are spoken, then it's very difficult to take it back. And try that. I always say, husband, wife, just smile to one another and see that smiling is so contagious. You as a wife, just smile. You will see you already won your husband halfway. Your husband smile and you will see that you won your wife also already halfway. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. Uh, Mufti Sahib, we go on to another complaint that has been forwarded to us, that conjugal rights are not fulfilled from both sides of the spouses. How do we solve this problem? Yes, this is definitely one of, not the main aim, but one of the aims of marriage and objectives of marriage is to fulfill one another's desire in a halal manner. So procreation and to fulfill the conjugal rights is very, very important. And here we would find that normally the wives, they are the one that today I got a headache, then a stomach ache, then a toe ache and this ache. So many a time we find that the wives are the ones that always look for some excuses. So this is very, very serious because Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, when the husband calls his wife Ilal Firash towards the bed and she fa'abat and she refuses, meaning she does not want to fulfill the conjugal rights without a valid reason. Obviously, if she is really sick or she is in a menses or something, that's a valid excuse. Then la'anat hal malaika hatta tusbiha. The angels curse her till the morning. So it's a major sin. So it shows that the wife should try as far as possible that to try and fulfill the conjugal rights of the husband. But similarly, the husband also should realize that maybe every day he just wants his lust to be fulfilled and passion because he's always, you know, a highly overdrive person. So then he needs to look at his diet. He needs to fast maybe once a week on a Monday or Thursday or twice a week. So in that way there he gives time for his wife to regain her stamina, to regain her feeling. Because it is such an act that you cannot have one partner active and the other partner to be a passive partner. That also will make that marriage go into a... Uh, uh, the, the, the shine and glitter of it would wear off very soon. So it needs to be done in such a manner that both partners are active in it. And that is what Nabi alayhi sallallahu alayhi wa taught us also. This is Islam. The hadith is mentioned in Sayyid bin Mansur. Nabi alayhi sallallahu alayhi wa said, send a Rasul. So the Sahabas said, Mar Rasulu ya Rasulullah. What is it we must send a Rasul, a messenger to our wives, or messenger of Allah? He said, Al-Qublatu wal-Kalam, that you kiss her, you fondle her, you speak to her. You don't just go in and barge in and do it like how the animals do it. No. So imagine Nabi Salam teaching us about foreplay and all that more than 1400 years ago. So all these are give and take and compromise. If we care for one another, and then we will compromise, and it must not be on a timetable that the husband will fulfill the conjugal rights on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thursday night is a big night in many houses. So on a Friday morning, no. 
that it should be an element of surprise should also be there and it is not something that is done routine that you know that because it is this day or this time now we have to do it no they try and keep it also some surprises and that is what enhances the marriage Jazakallah Mufti Sab. If you just join us on the program, it's called Al-Fiqh Al-Madhahib Al-Arba'ah, Jurisprudence According to the Four Schools of Thought. And today we're discussing how to solve problems between spouses. Another question that has come to us is that the one spouse is not spending enough time with the other. How do we solve this problem, Mufti Sab? Yes, Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us in the Quran, Wal-Asri, taking a custom and oath on time to show us that how valuable time is. The problem today is that the husband normally is gone away the whole day for work and by the time he comes home he is tired. Now the wife will start with the problems or with the complaints. So what you need to do is that ensure that you made the husband comfortable and in that way he'll look forward to coming home. He will look forward to spending prime time with you. But if the wife is always nagging and complaining, so that is why the husband would not want to spend the prime time with his wife. Similarly, that it is both ways. This is marriage. It's not only one way. So the husband, whenever he comes home, now he finds this fault in the house, he finds this fault in the children, finds this fault in his wife. He's just out there to look for faults in his wife or in the children. Remember, if you want to enhance your marriage, you need to complement one another. Oh, my wife, you're looking so wonderful today and sparkling and, 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 and so, you know, smart and attractive and whatever else. So that will already make her feel wanted and loved. Your children, when they excel, you need to give them that word of encouragement and that will motivate them also. People will motivate them from outside, but what about you, the parental motivation? So that is where we find that there are huge problems and therefore time management is very important. Today we are caught up in the threat race. We just want to increase our zeros and get richer and richer. What is the sense of making so much money, but you do not have time to eat with your own wife? You do not know when last you had a decent discussion in prime time with your son and daughter. When last you as a father did you sit with your son who is 15 years old, 17 years old and have a discussion with him. Everything you left to the wife, she must do the homework, she must do the feeding, she must do the cleaning, everything. No. You as a father also need to spend prime time with your wife. You need to spend, I'm not speaking of the bedroom only. Marriage is not bedroom and bathroom only. There's much more to marriage. So the husband, the father needs to spend time with his wife and the father needs to spend time with his children. And prime time, bring about that family unit. Try and eat together. Try and bring about that unity. And you take your place there that you are the head of the family. You are eating on table and chair. Then you take your place. Everybody knows you are the head. But you are complimenting people. And obviously, if they do wrong, then you try and rectify it without insulting them. So that is what is required, time management. And that we have not learned in most of our marriages. Jazakallah Mutisab, still on the subject of solving problems between spouses. What about bringing up of children? The husband feels that it's the wife's duty and vice versa. Yes, I've said that Jazakallah is a very important question. Now we have a couple newly married and obviously that in the first year, second year, third year, Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla blesses them with a the child. Now there is time for new adjustments and people have to adapt to a new way of life. 
Till yesterday you were a wife only. Till yesterday you were the husband only. Today you are the wife and the mother. Now today you are the husband and the father. So your responsibilities increase. The husband cannot shirk his duties and say it is the wife's duty only. The wife cannot pass the, you know, buck and say it is the husband's duty only. It is shared responsibility. And the hadith of Nabi alayhi salam, who could put it more better and more aptly? Nabi alayhi salam said, Ma nahal awalidun nahlan. No parent gives a better gift. Min a'it nahlan ila waladihi to his children. Min adabin hasan. Then good character, good morals. Today we worry about the best cars or the best clothing, the best uh, cell phones, the triple C's I call it. That is not what going to make your child something. You need to teach this child character. You need to teach the child there are certain value systems we live with. We need to inculcate in the child the love of Almighty Allah. You do not present Almighty Allah as a tyrant. Allah is going to put you in the fire and Allah is going to do this. No, you first need to develop the love of Almighty Allah in the heart of the child. The child is like a sponge. Whatever you place in the child, he is going to absorb it, she is going to absorb it. It's like a chalkboard. Whatever you write on it, therefore al ilmu fi sigar al hajar. That whatever knowledge is imbibed and acquired at that time is like the calligraphy or something written on the stone. So it will be something that cannot be easily erased or removed. So first impressions are lasting impressions. So what impression are we making as parents? Whole day husband and wife are swearing one another, disrespect. All this has a negative impact. And oh father, hold that baby of yours. Hold that child of yours. Kiss that baby. When last have you kissed your child? So these are all Islamic teachings. And in that way, we win the love of our child. And then the child is brought up. We can exactly make out that which child came from a good home and solid home and which child came from a broken home. Or even if the parents are together, but there's so much tension there. The child's face and his character and his upbringing, all that has a definite impact on the child. Jazakallah Mufti Sahib, a new issue has cropped up in society. Husband and wife are facing a power struggle. How do we solve this power struggle in a marriage? The easiest answer for that, Afsab, is it's true, there's no doubt about it. That we need to go to Quran. For anything, we go to Quran and the Sunnah, we will find our answers and solutions to the problem. Iblis was here on this earth. Almighty Allah created Nabi Adam salam. His jealousy, his pride and arrogance did not allow him. Abba was takbara. He defied the law of Allah. His arrogance made him refuse going into prostration for Nabi Adam salam. But the slogan of shaitan, Ana khayrun min, I am superior to him. Once the wife says that I am superior to him, now there is the domination struggle. Once the husband says I am superior to her, that everything I say must go, I always say, yes, husband, you are the Amir. Amir means you have added responsibilities and obligations. 
You are not the amir, you are not the dictator. And many a husband today confuses these two. That is why we have the power struggle. So power struggle is to do with our own frame of mind. We think that I am superior, therefore I must be the captain. But husband, you are the captain. Allah has made you that. But captain meaning that you need to worry about your wife, you need to worry about your children, you need to worry about your family. So all of that means that you are the leader. So the wife only has to worry about herself and about the children and about you, for example. But your responsibilities are much more compared to hers. So there is no need. It is like we say, the eye and the ear. That there is no conflict situation. The eye has a function and that is to see. The ear has a function to hear. So husband, you have a role to play. Wife, you have a role to play. Why should you go on a collision course? So that is what Islam is teaching. This eye cannot function properly without the ear. And the ear cannot function properly without the eye. So that the husband cannot function, the father cannot function without the wife, without the mother being present. We need to complement one another rather than be in conflict with one another. Jazakallah Mutisab. Unfortunately, this is all the time that we have for today. We will carry on with the discussion, inshallah, in the future. We will carry on with the discussion. From myself, Muhammad Musa Bera, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein, it's Fi Amanillah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.